Yo, yo, what's up, guys? This week's episode is with Eric Yang. He's one of my new favorite people after this interview and also after I met him in Bangkok. Eric puts together virtual summits and does consulting for people who want to do their own. What is a virtual summit? That's a good question. Think of it like an industry conference where he gathers attendees, speakers, and sponsors, except his are all online. Through these virtual summits, Eric has generated over 350000 US dollars. That's a lot of money. And 40,000 virtual summit attendees without spending a dollar out of his own pocket. Eric has put together virtual summits in industries like real estate, cryptocurrencies, design, and much more. He's a go-to guy if you're interested in doing something like this in your industry. And as you'll soon find out, they are very profitable and help build your influence and credibility in your industry. You can find out more about his virtual summit agency and services at ericzyang.com. That's his personal website. If you're a young dude who wants to be an entrepreneur that doesn't know where to start, you have to listen to this one. There's so much gold in here if you follow what Eric did while he was a student. The week after our interview together, we met up in Bangkok at an entrepreneurship conference I like to attend yearly. He was coincidentally one of the speakers where he gave a talk about his virtual summit strategy. That's how I know that this dude is legit. I think my big takeaway from our interview is don't be afraid of asking. You never know what the answer might be. Sounds obvious, I know, but obvious things need to be hammered into our heads once in a while for you to really take it in. In this episode, we go through how Eric's business failures led him to doing virtual summits, how Eric got thousands of dollars worth of conference tickets for free, why Eric decided to drop out of college, the exact strategies Eric used to get huge names to talk at his summits, including his word-for-word script, Eric's hack for building influence, some of the things that Eric thinks are the next big thing. And before we start, if you're enjoying the show, please share and subscribe. If you're really enjoying it and you want to help me out, please write a five-star review. That'd be so, so great. That helps other people find the show and helps me get other great guests to come on the show as well. And lastly, I have my Facebook group, Badass Asian Dudes. Just go on Facebook, search Badass Asian Dudes. If you want to network with other Asian dudes that are hustling on their path into self-development, that's the place for you. Go ahead and apply to join. Thanks again, and let's get on with the show. Eric, what's up, dude? Can you hear me? Yeah, I love this freaking mic, man. Bro, what's going on, dude? So you're in Bangkok right now? Yeah, what about you? Cool, man. I'm in Seoul, but I'm originally from Los Angeles. How about you? Where are you from? Uh, I'm from Paris. Oh, shoot. Okay. What's going on? Yeah, I mean, I literally came out of my mother's womb in Paris, so I didn't choose like where my location was. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, born and raised in Paris for uh, eighteen years before I moved to the US for for college. Okay, and uh, went to California for a little bit for for, uh, for school for two years, and I dropped out after two years. Okay, so Paris, you go to California, and then in your Facebook post, you said that like ever since like you were like eighteen, you wanted to start a business. So I guess like since like a very young age, you always wanted to be an entrepreneur. What what is your next step after that? I feel like that's the that's what a lot of young people think. They always want to be an entrepreneur when they're very young, but they don't know what to do. 
So like for you, like what did you do? I guess like, I don't know you, man, but for me, like once a kid, like I was selling stuff to my friends already. Like I would go to China every summer and I would buy those like, toys or video games or like, well, back then it was like Game Boys, right? Yeah. And uh, I think games back in Paris were like 40 euros or whatever the currency was back then for euros. I was like the equivalent or something, but I was like buying the games for like two or 3% of the price in China. And I would just like sell it to my friends for like 30, 40%, like, discount to what the retail price would be in France. And that's how I make money. And uh, after that, like iPhones came out and I was like selling iPhone chargers to my friends and same principles. And it was like making so much money. It was like, dude, this, that's not even real. But I never spent that money. Yeah. How old were you when you were doing that? I was like, what, eight, nine, ten years old? Eight, nine, ten. Holy shit. That's crazy, yeah. dude. That is crazy. Uh, when did you start a podcast, brother? I started it maybe like Four months ago, three wow. months ago. So it's been like super fresh. Super, super fresh, man. Hmm. It's getting a good, I think I can build this. Like if I do this long-term, like very consistent, I think this can be really good. It's been awesome. Mostly dude. Asians, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, dude, I was telling my friends, um, and I think you probably feel that way too. It's like, there's no like role models in the business world that are yeah. Asians, man especially like Asian men or Asian women in general, uh, like who I look up to a couple of years ago was like Gary Vee. But this guy is like 45 years old. He's not even American. He's like from Belarus, right? And he's like the guy that I look up to the most. And I'm like thinking like, who's the, the, like the most like quote unquote influential Asian entrepreneur that I know of? And I was thinking like, there's like none. And if someone that is influential, but I don't like him, is like uh, Dan Lok or Peng Jun. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I'm like, who else is out there? It's like, nobody, man. Yeah. Do you look up to any Asian entrepreneur like, that are kind of called influential? You know who uh, Charles No is? Affiliate marketing? Charles No. I think I, I, think I look to, up to him like a little bit. He's really big in affiliate marketing. Okay. NGO is how you spell his last name. Okay. G-N-G-O. But is he like, quote unquote, famous or? Mm, He's big in the affiliate marketing world. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've seen his face around. Yeah. Cool. Hmm. Who else is there? Uh, I don't know. I think there's like a bunch of like YouTubers, but uh, not... Not anyone yeah, like, that uh, I think is serious in the business world. Yeah. Like uh, Wang Fu is like... Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. Wang exactly. Wang Fu uh, is it called? Like Ryan Hager is kind of influential. But they don't talk about business per se. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Is that what you're going for? I don't think my the podcast goal was to become someone like that, like be an influencer. Like it was just kind of like pass on the stories or like the advice of like other entrepreneurs to like younger Asian dudes, Mm. you know? So it wasn't for me to like be in the spotlight actually. Now that I think about it, like it's, it wasn't for me to be the spotlight to be like the Gary V or anything like that. It was just more like be a platform for other people who have done like cool things and like pass on their stories. Mm. Do you have any, aspirations to be someone like Gary Vee or no at all? 
I don't know. I feel like that's like a lot of pressure or like that's like a lot of like, oh, for spotlight. Sure. <laughs> you know, that's a lot of spotlight. I don't know. I don't think I don't think I have those kind of aspirations, actually. How about you? I don't. But I know it's needed. Yeah. Like if not me, I would love to help someone to be that person. If that person mm. has the qualities to become someone like that for our community. Mm. Uh, which is why, first of all, I love what you do, uh, why I wanted to connect with you and why I'm quote unquote, um, actively looking for like Asian entrepreneurs now that are young so that we can build this tribe and support each other. And it's not like washy washy, like let's build a business. Like, no, like people who are actually seriously playing already that want to promote and talk to that demographic, like actively. Yeah. Because it's, it's one thing to, you know, be a business coach, but that's your only business, then have an actual successful agency or a business. And then on top of that, talk about the journey that got you here while you're like 25-ish, not like 40, 56 years old. Because a yeah. lot of the speakers that... The, the reason why I moved from LA to Asia is because I want to talk to more people at those conferences and when I speak at those conferences, I'm like always the youngest one by at least like five to 10 years. And most of the stuff that people put out there is not even good. And I'm thinking that those people pay two to 3,000 US dollars to be in a room from people that I suspect are not even like doing what they're teaching. Um, that just makes me feel like really, really uncomfortable for those people because, because a lot of people haven't put themselves out there so they can't be found by the people that need to be guided. Hmm. Like I told you before, like I don't have any aspirations to be like Gary Vee, but this is like why I say it's needed because those people are looking for solutions. And because we don't put ourselves out there, then other quote-unquote scammers do and then they buy this shitty stuff. Yeah. So I think that this podcast and like the community that I'm building is like that platform to like find those like people, like get their stories and then pass that on. Yeah. I, I can see that really clearly for you, man. Um, yeah. Which is a while like asking like a little bit like, where do you want to take this? And that was like a way for me to even think of how I could continuously support you in that journey. So why made you move from uh, LA to Korea? I was doing the whole digital nomad thing. So I was uh, all over South America, you know, like Colombia, Argentina, all over Europe, and then like all over Asia. And then, I don't know, have you done the nomad thing? It gets kind of tiring. Uh, yeah, man. I took a gap year between high school and college and I actually read the, the book, The 4-Hour Workweek, when I was like 17. And, it, yeah. and the reason why I took gap year is because of Tim Ferriss. And the reason why I went to Argentina is because of Tim Ferriss. And the reason why I took tango classes is because of Tim Ferriss. <laughs> Bro, me too, dude. Oh, me yeah, too. you did? Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, man. <laughs> like, that, that's the like only reason why I went to Buenos Aires because Tim Ferriss was there yes, when he exactly. first took his journey. And I was like, if this guy went to there, this place, I want to go there to see what was up with that. Um, so... After two years of doing this digital nomad thing, I'm like, dude, I'm tired. It's like why I'm based in Bangkok now. Like I needed to have a house and to have my routine. I wanted to have my workouts. Uh, I wanted to have my school friends and I want to be able to travel a little bit, 
but I want to have a home base. And I think that's something you can relate to, man. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely something I understand. The whole digital nomad thing gets really tiring. Okay, so Paris, you were in Paris. And then why did you decide to leave? Why'd you come to the USA? Yeah, I mean, Paris is a great city, but it's just non entrepreneurial. Uh, I've seen you being in Paris. Uh, I would love to hear your thoughts after that. It's just for me, it was like it's home, it's cozy, it's comfortable, but it wasn't like pushing me to become a better person. Like personal development wasn't a thing over there. Being an entrepreneur is not a thing over there. You get taxed like 45% if you make above like 200K. So it's not like supporting you to become successful. And I don't know how it is in Korea, and I know it's not the case at all in the US, but in France, if you're wealthy, people think like, did you either scam it or did you inherit it from your parents? There's no like, I'm in awe because you made money. It's like, where did it come from, man? It's not cool. Now you got to pay taxes. Like everyone's poor. It should become more like us. So this mentality is something that I tried to escape from. And I came to the U.S., specifically like in California, where I wanted to be well surrounded by people who were not successful per se, but at least have the growth mindset of aspiring to be successful while being a really genuine good person. Uh, I think that's as important for me, if not more, to be just a good person that has good values. And that's what I'm trying to do, like come to a new country, no network, no nothing, and try to build and surround myself with a group of friends that are like-minded. And after two years of going to college, like, uh, I was able to build a community. And that's when I hosted my first uh, in-person conference in LA back in 2016. And that was my first like, six-figure business. I had like 120 people on a conference. And that was like just realizing that I don't need to go to school to be successful. And if I'm well surrounded, that's coming to be like the most important thing that uh, will make me successful because like, you, you know the phrase, like you're the average of five people you see, so you spend the most time with, right? And I try to build business around creating communities because I don't have any experience with business. I know how to sell things from China, but I don't have any like marketing skill. I don't have any photography skill. I was just a guy that was lost who didn't want to become a quote-unquote life coach or teach people business when I never had a business myself. So the only thing I could do is connect with people, like jump on Zoom calls like this. Like for two years in college, I would jump on like at least 15 calls uh, in a week that were for like 30 minutes or an hour with entrepreneurs that were open to discuss with me so I could pick their brands on business and connect them with the right people. And I went to over like 70 plus events in two years uh, while I was in college. And I was never uh, at my apartment during the weekends because I was always busy going to uh, workshops, seminars, and conferences. And I was just there sitting to absorb everything I could so that I can have this mindset of when I can have a business idea, I can move forward. And then business idea was just creating community and creating conferences. And after creating the conference, I was like, this is great. Like I met a lot of people, right? I wanted to speak and there's no better way to speak than host your own stage, which you kind of doing with this podcast, which is mm -hmm. really smart. But then I realized that, dude, 
having a physical conference is the most unscalable business ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because I pay like 15K for the venue alone. And I pay 15K to rent a venue. And the second the event is over, I don't own any of the assets. And that was like the part of fresher me the most. It's like, I can't have a brand. I can't have the... I don't even have the speakers because I invite them, but I don't really have the recordings per se uh, because the, pers- the conference is in person. So there's no way for me to keep in touch with people who didn't come. So I feel like if there was a way for me to have an online conference where I could like host one while traveling and being a nomad, that's like when I was a nomad for a little bit, like that'd be ideal. And this is like when I hosted my first virtual conference uh, for entrepreneurs under 30 who are making above six figures. And I had like, I think I had like 15 or 10 times more attendees and I made 10 times more profits than my in-person conference with a fraction of the time invested. And I was like, dude, I think I'm getting on something. And uh, it's funny because uh, three of the speakers and two of the attendees eventually become my agency clients like a year or two later. So I invested like $700 to produce my virtual summits. But I ended up like having like 90K in profit from, <laughs> from it. That was like kind of insane. And uh, I kept doing it with other influencers and um, leaders in different spaces like Airbnb and crypto and real estate and drop shipping and design printers and all of that. And um, it was only like early this year that I finally hired my first person, like my first like full-time person. And I have a team of seven people where we're just like, produce like which was summit for people that want to systematically build their authority their revenue and email list through virtual summits so it's really fulfilling for me to help leaders that want to step into that space which is more like how can i become a voice for the people that don't have one yeah for sure you know i think that the virtual summit thing is just like so smart like i just like, you know, after our hearing about the virtual summits, like I passed it on to other people who are in different industries. And I was like, dude, like you should do a virtual summit, like the way that you describe it, like on your website and stuff like that, like building authority and just like get being able to like get speakers and like do all that. Like, I think it would be great for every single industry out there. It's pretty dude, nuts, I, dude. It, it's nuts because first of all, we never pay for any of our speakers you have no speaking fee because it's like a podcast. You don't pay to be on someone's podcast. In some way that you don't pay to have someone on national television. Like people do it out of like good faith. It's like, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, yeah, let me be on Forbes. But if you get invited by Forbes, you're not going to be like, how much are you going to pay me? No, it's, it's free. And people are like, I have a speaking fee. You'd be like, I don't have a speaking budget. So we'll have someone else. And it's crazy because on the Realtor Summit, man, we had the CEO of Century 21 on our conference and we called, reach out to him. And he said, yes, I would love to do that because that's insane. For, so- for someone to speak for 30 minutes from his office, he could be in his sweatpants. Nobody would know because he only do like upper body, right? For him to do that, 30 minutes of his time to talk with 7,000 plus real estate people, that's an insane ROI for him. And that's an yeah. insane ROI for us to get him for free. And all of that because you build a platform that allows you to do that. And a podcast is great, but a, uh, but a virtual summit has like a higher perceived value for both the speaker and attendees. And you can grab the people's email list. Even if they don't attend the conference per se, 
even though it's free, you can still sell to them in perpetuity as long as they remain in your email list. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so let's go back to like when you were in college and then you said you were doing like so much like networking, going to like all different kinds of meetups for like the people who are like just in college or like want to get that same start. Like what were some places where you would go? Like were you on like meetup.com or like on Facebook groups? What were you doing? Yeah, first of all, like meetup is great, but I would not recommend to a lot of people because the quality of people that I met on meetup is not like really high. <laughs> like depends on, on, on which meetup you go to, but that's what I learned. Like to go into like 10 plus meetups, uh, you, you get what you pay for, right? If a meetup is like $5, $10, then you're going to have like $5, $10 kind of like people on it. Uh, I would try to go to conferences that cost like thousands of dollars and actually have a strategy to get it for free. And this is like how I train myself to be resourceful. And the first thing I would do is, first of all, like I would check out like conferences uh, from the people that I would follow, like Gary V or Grant Cardone to see like, or like uh, people like that. I don't really follow Grant Cardone, but an example here is like, I see Gary V speaking at a conference or I see like Johnny Dumas speaking at a conference in San Diego. And I would like check like the conference I would see the ticket price, like $500, $1,000, $2,000 for like a one day or two day event. I was like, no way I can afford that. So let me find someone's, the host's email. I will go on LinkedIn. I will like download all those like plugins where I can find someone's personal email. I will reach out to them. like, hey, my name is Eric Yang. I love what you're doing. I see you have a conference. Do you offer any scholarship for your entrepreneurs? 25% of the time, they'll say, we don't have a scholarship but we'll give you one. And I saved like thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars from that. So that was one strategy. The second one is, I asked them, do you have a scholarship? They said, no, you can buy a ticket. I said, cool. Do you offer any discount for students? 50% of the time, you say, we don't have one or we have one. Here's 50% off. So I would do that. So I would say 50%. And then third thing is, no, we don't have any discount. You can buy a ticket here. I was like, Cool. Do you need any volunteers? Hmm. Say yes. And I will volunteer for a conference. And we were like, I will try really, really hard to be the guy in the room, working in the room so I can listen to the people. And I will wow, ask, like, if I can work two days out of three days, can I have the last day for free where I can like, network with people? And 80% of the time, they will say yes. And that's how I literally saved like 50 to 60K US dollars from ticket price on conferences. And I was invited to be part of some big ass masterminds and retreats for entrepreneurs. And it was invited for free. All of that because I asked and also because I leveraged the fact that I was young. And that was like one of the biggest like learning lessons. Like for me, it's like leverage the fact that you are young so that people will either like see you as this like naive guy or as a guy that's good to invest in because he, not, he might not be there yet, but they know that he'll do something in the future. So now they're like emotionally investing in your success. And this is how I attracted a lot of great people in my life. Holy shit, dude. That is freaking gold. That is really freaking good, man. Where did you learn that, dude? Where did you learn this kind of like attitude of just like asking for things? Like, I feel like a lot of people are very scared. You know, they're scared of the word no. But yeah. where did you get that? Um, you know, Ramit Sefi? Yes. I will I teach, teach you to be, to be rich. rich. Yeah. Um, I, one of his chapters in his book is literally ask for discount at Starbucks. Like straight up, 
you go to Starbucks and it's like, hi, I would like to have a latte or whatever. And you'd be like, hey, can you give me a 20% discount? And they're like, what do you mean? Can I give a 20% discount? And it's like, let me talk to my manager. And maybe like seven out of 10 times they say, no, we don't do that. And we know like they have an employee discount or friend discount. It's like, can you give me a friend discount? And they were like, sure. It's like three out of 10 times. I was like, fuck, that works. <laughs> Let me chop for all the other stuff, right? And I would like go to like networking events. And the first biggest success I had is literally three days after like I first had my first like Starbucks ask is uh, there was like a training by Dale Carnegie, right? Like the house like workshops around the country. And those things like cost like $4, 4K a pop for like a three-day seminar. And this time, I didn't even ask for a discount. I literally asked like, hey man, can I take this workshop for free? And they're like, what do you mean? Yeah, do you find a scholarship for young entrepreneurs? And the guy was like, you know what, man? We actually don't have enough people. So if you can bring a friend for free, like I'll give you for free. And I was like, cool, I'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) And I brought my friend and we got like $8,000 of training for free. And I was like, dude, this fucking thing works. I know. And I keep using it and I was like, it's it's works not all the time but it works really well yeah i've actually done the starbucks discount before you know i haven't heard it from ramit but uh are you familiar with uh noah kagan yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, noah kagan of AppSumo. so there was like a blog maybe ramit i think ramit and noah they know each other so uh the starbucks discount i did and then you know right before you do it you do feel like kind of like nervous. Like I felt like a couple like butterflies because it's not normal, you know? And like Noah Kagan like talks about how when you're doing business, you need to be okay with asking for money, asking for the sale, you know? And a lot of people are like very scared to do it. But I think that that really does like train you to like, to even if you feel like a little nervous or like asking, like uh, you don't want to like ask for it, like just train yourself to do it. And you'll be surprised by the results that could happen. Yeah, I mean, it's like asking a girl out, man. The more you practice, the better you get at it. And, exactly. Uh, it, it's, I'm not going to say worse, but when asking for money, it's like almost asking for self-worth. Like, am I worthy to ask for that? So it might get a bit challenging at first, but when you... Well, for me, like the reason why I did it is because I had no choice. Like, I don't want to pay two thousand dollars for tickets. Like, I don't have that money, man. Like, like what can I do to get this for free? And I, and that's like when you are resourceful, it's because you don't have the resources. So for you to be to have those resources, you need to be resourceful. Yeah. So that was like my biggest lesson, and I keep applying it. Like this, is like why I teach my clients as well, man. Like, dude, like how can I get a CEO of Century Twenty One, or how can I get this, the CEO of a crypto company that has is worth billions of dollars just ask you never know and the key is like asking the right way and asking the right, the right person because you never want to ask the gatekeeper you always want to ask the decision maker right if i ask the assistant or the quote-unquote like event manager they might not they might not give it to me because they need to report to someone else and they want to ask that person but if you just ask the CEO, the top of the person, like it doesn't cost him anything to say yes. And that'll be like so much easy. 
Got it. So what are your tips to get to the decision maker, the big CEOs, the, the big guys? What, how do you get to them? Literally, I go on LinkedIn because every LinkedIn, so every LinkedIn profile is connected to someone's personal email, like in 90% of the time. And you have a lot of tools. Like uh, I use uh, snov.io, which is like a plugin that is free where you can actually extract someone's personal email from LinkedIn. I'm not asking you to contact them through LinkedIn. I'm asking you to find their LinkedIn email so you can show them an email on Gmail, right? And then you'll find a personal email, not the one they have on the website. And most of the time, it's just a different one. And I will just like make a video, which is like more personalized. And there's some, some tools such as BombBomb, which is a great plugin, man. It's kind of expensive. It's like 250 uh, a year, if not a little bit more of that. But allows the people to play the video directly from the email without being redirected. So they don't even have to like leave it. So that's adds this personal touch. Um, and then you want to make it short. You want to make it what's in for them sometimes, but you also want to introduce them and like how this person has affected your life as a, as a compliment. It's like, Hey, my name is Eric Yang. I found you on Gary V's podcast and actually used one of your advice. It actually gave me this results. The reason why I'm reaching out to you is because whatever you ask is, I'm hosting a podcast, I'm hosting a summit, and I would love to ask you more questions about that. It's 20 minutes. You want to give them a time frame. Um, are you open to do it? And hit me up with a yes, which is an easy call to action. And I will follow up in a couple of days because I know you're a busy guy. Regardless, wishing you an amazing day. Looking forward to hearing from you soon. Really simple. There's no, like a, there's no book to read here. It's three, four simple paragraphs or three, four sentences. And most of the time, they will get back to you with either like an answer. And if you don't, you can follow up to five times. And the great thing about BombBomb, man, it has to track you on when and if they open email. So you know exactly when to follow up. Bro, that is really, really good. That's such a great template to follow. Yeah. I mean, if someone comes to you, Chris, they find your personal email. I don't know how they'll find it, but they find your email. It's like, hey, Chris, you know, I found your podcast. And this, uh, I actually use one of your advice. I actually changed my life. Like, I actually started my own podcast because I saw what you're doing and what you do for the Asian community. And I wanted to do that more and, help, and be in that journey with you. Actually, uh, I'm hosting a podcast myself. Would you like to be a guest? Like, now you're like emotionally invested in this guy. There's yeah, no way you can say sure. no to this guy. <laughs> it's no, like, seriously. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. I think that's amazing advice, dude. That's so gold cool to reach like anyone that you want. So like Century, uh, CEO of Century 21 and like who else like have you reached out to like the big guys that have said yeah. yes to you? Since you, since you know crypto, uh, we had a CEO of uh, Neo say yes to us to be in an interview. Uh, he couldn't speak English really well. So we had his uh, Rahman who was speaking on our summit. We had, um, uh, so on my first summit, uh, I had Nathan Chen from Founder Magazine, who said yes. I had Jordan Harbinger from the Art of Charm podcast, who said yes. I had like other like big dogs in the industry, like Nikola Kuzmich, who run ads for Tony Robbins. And that was like my first realization, man. Like people don't know me, but they all know those people. And just the fact that I hosted this platform through osmosis, like everyone quote trusted me, even though I didn't have a business. Yeah, and I was sure. like, dude, like that's such like a life hack. Like if in something I tell my friends, like if you can become 
Okay, here's the story, man. So I'm sure like a lot of people who listen to this, if they listen to this, they were like, they know in college or in life in general, there are a lot of people who are really, really cool. Like everyone wants to be around them, right? Like both guys and girls. But what's underrated is, first of all, like everyone, a lot of people love to party and they have to go to places, right? And a, lot, a lot of people like to host parties, but they love going to parties. But most of the people who host parties, they're not like always like super, super cool. But because they host the parties, everyone likes them. And because, and if they know how to host a good party, the cool people will come to them. The famous people will come to them. And then they become a hub. And because of that, through osmosis, the guy who wasn't anyone before becomes super cool. I mean, they built a whole movie around that, like Project X, where like three people who weren't really cool, they wanted to be someone and host the party of the century. And after the end of the movie, like even though this house was destroyed, they were like applauded and super, super popular. And the same principle applies to business. Like if you're a nobody right now, you have no connections, you don't know how to build authority or how to build connections, just build a space. Like build, build a party for your industry and invite the people to come to you. The hardest thing is getting the first person to say yes, but after that, you can leverage that first person to get anyone else. And that's what I share as a principle when we host this virtual summit. This is what is applicable to you if you host a podcast or in-person conference. That platform allows you to connect with everyone and get the social capital and social trust from all the famous people that spent decades building on it that you can get in a matter of hours. And that's like one of the biggest power that I realized that a lot of people should leverage, which is like highly, highly, highly practical for people that don't know what they want to do yet because they don't need to fake it. They're just literally the people who ask the questions and then distribute the information. Yeah. And I think that's so genius, actually. Just, you know, looking on your site, you said that these virtual summits, they help you build authority. And just like looking at what you've done and like your strategy behind it, like it's so smart. Like it is building like a lot of like authority and credibility for yourself. And you are the one just hosting the space, like hosting the party. Mm -hmm. Dude, that's crazy, man. Okay. So how many of these virtual summits have you done or like what, how many like different industries have you been doing? How do you choose like what industries to do these virtual summits? Uh, I've done 12 and each one of them is not necessarily because of money. Well, actually I always pick a hot industry. But I always pick based on a topic that I want you to learn, right? So the first one was million entrepreneurs, 30 under 30. I just want to connect with young entrepreneurs who are doing epic things. Because if you're young and you're like a Forbes 30 under 30, you didn't start at 29. You start at like 18. And I want to connect with people before they become big so that I can have my eye on it and we have this connection. So that was my intention. Uh, and I made a lot of money from it, but that wasn't the goal. The second one is... Airbnb was really hot back in 2017. And I want to learn the business model of how to build a business around Airbnb. So we hosted the first Airbnb online conference. And we had like 8,500 people on it. And the, the craziest part, man, is the fact that on this summit, all the expenses were covered by the sponsors. And what does that mean? Is that we got 8,500 attendees for free. Because the marketing budget was spent by someone else. It was given by someone else. And the craziest part, man, is before the summit even started, 
we were like hyper profitable because we don't have any expenses, but also like because you build a platform that needs to look premium. But if you build a platform that is really attractive to people, they will invest in the future. And I didn't have any emails. I had no idea how to build an Airbnb platform. I never had an Airbnb business, but I was able to get the people who were experts. So the sponsor invested in, in me because of the people I got, despite the fact that I didn't have an email list. So that worked out really well for me. And after that, Airbnb phase, crypto was really hot. And that was back in 2017 when crypto was like, 8K, it was like one, 5K when I started and went up to 14K. And that was like right before it tipped to go down, right? Uh, and we had 6,000 people. And the, the, the shittiest part is like two days after we started running our ads, that's when Google and Facebook decided to say, nope, crypto ads, not approved anymore. Uh, I remember that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I remember that was super well, man. Our ads were like crazy, like crazy. Like for every dollar invested, we got like $7 back, which was insane for like an untested ad. Um, and after that, I did like real estate. I did design, designers. Uh, we, did, uh, we did drop shipping. We did... Uh, what else we did? We did on influencers. So how do I pick a topic, right? That was a question. It's basically what I want to learn, but also like what I see being really hot. For example, the things I have an eye on right now is one, esports. Like how do you get paid to play video games is really interesting for me. First of all, because brands, they want to leverage esports. And if you can build email lists around that demographic, then you'll be golden in the future. But I also think it's really, really smart for people to learn entrepreneurial skills around something that they would do anyway, especially for kids. Like, kids, what, why wouldn't you want to get paid to do something you have done anyway? And let me sprinkle some business principles in you while you do that. So that would be really interesting for me. Uh, another one would be Bud Messenger. I think it's not going, going anywhere. Uh, so that would be interesting for me. And... Uh, PR, like how to get PR for free, that would be interesting for me. Like all of the like, topics I have in mind. And if I can meet someone who has an agency or community around that space, I'll reach out to them and then we'll end up working together. Oh, I love it, dude. I love all this like strategic like thinking, like ever since like you're very young, you know, like you're very strategic about what you want us to do. That I think that is like quite amazing, dude. Hey, thank you, man. And uh, it's all about starting out, man. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of lessons along the way. And, uh, you know, like something I've done recently that's been really, really helpful for me is um, hiring a uh, therapist. Hmm. Like this, uh, I have an online therapist that I talk to every week. And just having someone I can channel my thought out to every single week, someone I pay to listen to me rent up on something for a little bit before I come to like, cool, what am I going to do with it? Has been really helpful. Interesting. Uh, Is this like, like online or do you meet this therapist like in person? No, it's online. It's a licensed therapist from the US. And uh, every week I have a call with him and I actually write down like all the things that have been bothering me that I want to talk to someone about. Yeah. And I used to talk it, with my friends, but one day I call myself. It's like, yo, I'm talking to you, not because I want to connect with you, but just because I want to rent out my issues. 
And this is like when I realized, like, dude, like that's not what friends are for. Like, obviously, they're here for you if you have issues. But if you always come to them selfishly, then that wasn't okay for me, right? And I have mentors, but it wasn't so much about strategies. It was, it was more about just like the situation itself that I wasn't happy with. And I know I can act on it, but I just needed to get out of my head. So having someone that you pay for to listen to your issues have been really helpful for me, man. For sure. You know, I, so as you're talking about that, I think that something that I do is uh, journal. So mm. like every morning I journal and then at night I journal. And then like a lot of the things that like I'm thinking about that I do want to get out of my head. It's uh, I think the like nighttime journal is like something that like really helps me with that. And then also meditation. Like, are you into mm. meditation? Yeah, uh, I do it before I go to bed and uh, I, I just love it. I'm not consistent with it, but when I do do it, I do feel my mental health being so much better. Uh, I'm curious to know, man, what uh, journal do you use or just like on any paper? I uh, used to use like a paper, but then I just bought the iPad. And then so now like I want to like digitize it. So like maybe like 10 years later, like I can like look back and see Mm. like my notes. So I don't know. I just got it. So Uh, okay, we'll see how it goes. But normally I do like pen and paper. Got it. Do you have like a question that you go by every day or is it like just literally just write it down? Right. Whatever comes to mind, whatever like I'm thinking about, whatever bothers me, whatever successes I've had or just anything I don't like, that kind of thing. Mm, interesting, man. Huh. Yeah. I have this uh, a journal called the five minute journal, which is a yes, really, like, I used to use minutes. that. Yes. Yeah. I used to use the five minute journal. Uh, so you do that every morning. Uh, I would lie if I say I would do it every morning, but I try <laughs> to do it every yeah. morning. Uh, I think the gratitude but, thing yeah. is like, it really changes your thinking, actually. Yeah. I'm huge into the gratitude thing. Are you a big Vine Holiday fan, by any chance? Yeah. I've read okay. all his books. I haven't read his new one. Stillness is the mm. key. Yeah. He seems the kind of guy who enjoyed that a lot. And actually, I love him a lot. That's why like, I, was, I bring it up. Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, I really like reading his Daily Stoic every day. Mm. Yeah, and uh, you know what's interesting is uh, going back to business. Uh, I was I came back from New York, right, like where Gary Vee was speaking, and uh, Ryan Dice is the host of this conference called Digital Agency Expo, and he's also like the founder of one of the biggest like uh, digital marketing conference in North America. Oh yeah, yeah, called- traffic and conversion. Right. And he was like uh, telling the people like the next big thing in internet marketing, right? Or digital marketing. It was or is uh, email newsletters. Like daily email newsletters. And he told, yeah, he told everyone like, yeah, in a day where people are bombarded by ads on Facebook, on social media, they actually look forward to a form of communication that's one way, that's reliable, that's consistent, that has a lot of value. And Ryan Holiday is like an example of that success, right? Where almost every week he has this newsletter. And we are both Tim Ferriss fans. Like the one call to action from Tim Ferriss is literally subscribe to my newsletter. That's the only thing that he asks for. And that's from a guy who asked us to optimize our email inbox. 
And he and his construction is like, yeah, but I have mine though. Right? Yeah. And it's just being very interesting to see this like shift of perspective of cool. Even Gary V, man, subscribe to my list and subscribe to my text messaging service. Oh yeah, that's he he has been pushing that lately. Yeah. So newsletters and text is the next new thing for digital marketers. And it's all about creation of community and creating trust and have a reliable source of traffic that is 100% going to happen if you subscribe to something. Yeah. So that's been really interesting for me to explore and to just like strategize on how, first of all, I can use that in my business, but also like sharing out loud like what other people are preaching. And I've been observer, observing a lot of people having email lists and just being double down on that. Yeah. Do you have your own email list? I don't. I help my clients. Bro, I think that people would love your email list, just like your thoughts, like what you're working on, like that kind of thing. Just, I think you got to start it. Yeah. I I started mine. I started mine for this podcast. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) But you know what? I haven't been as consistent, but actually just like what you said, like the past like few minutes, I'm like, shit, like if these big guys like are saying that that is a future, then I need to be like way more consistent. I need to put way more time in it. I think, cause I think that's true. Like as you were talking, I was thinking, bro, like I, I love those email newsletters I get like every Monday or like Tim Ferriss has this every Friday. I was like, yeah, I actually really like those, you know, cause they yeah. curate books, they curate articles, like they curate like movies or like whatever they're thinking. I'm like, dude, that's so true. Bro, you got to start like, yours, dude. You got to start. Yeah. Uh, on that, let's talk about strategies, right? Yeah. Uh, and I, what I love, man, is like practical things. When I was listening to these people on stage, like every single time, it's like, this is so much theories. I feel like I'm going back to school. Like give me the step-by-step action, right? And yeah. how to make it work. And I'm all about optimizing my time so I can like hack it in a way. Mm-hmm. What would be interesting, man, and the reason why I love Virtual Summit is because it's video podcast. So you can extract the audio into a podcast, right? And then you can ask the content creator to transcribe the audio into a written post. And then this written post could be like micro post for other things. So you have like this one core content that can be dissected into like different platforms, which is like text, video and audio. But what I love the most about email newsletter, and that's something I don't see a lot of people use it yet, but I just came up with right now, which is the same way that Ryan, uh, Ryan Hardy does with his uh, 365 Day Stoics is if you post a piece of content every day for a year, you can literally make that into a book. Yeah, for sure. And then also Tim Ferriss does that you know, with his podcast. And then he turned that into like tribe of mentors and like all that. It's so much content, you know, and then different kinds of mediums. It's genius. I think it's so smart. Also, Gary Vee is like really into that, like repurposing like his content to like YouTube, Instagram, like Snapchat, like so many different things, blogs. It's content, man. Content's king. You gotta like surrender to it. And this is why... um I want to create my own podcast. Like I want to build my email list. I want to create a YouTube show. I want to create my podcast. It's like the, the pillar of that is going to be video, obviously for me. Uh, but like I realized I need to do a podcast. And I think that my biggest takeaway from this conversation, man, is newsletter. I got to do it, man. Like that should yeah, be like my sole focus. Yeah, you got to do it. <laughs> oh, shoot. 
That's good. That's a good note to end on, man. So Eric, where can people find out more about you? Uh, they can find me on my personal website, ericzn.com. I'm rebranding my website right now. So it's going to look, look ugly if you're looking, watching right now. But you can also find my book on how to launch your own virtual summit on Amazon. It's literally the principles and system that I use in my agency uh, that we charge like a lot of money for. But you can literally get it for $3, uh, maybe less or more, depends on tax. <laughs> but you can get it for free. Uh, if you send me an email at eric at leadnextgen, so the lead, L-E-A-D, nextgen.com, and uh, I read every email, and uh, look, looking forward to uh, hearing from some of you guys. Awesome, man. Eric, it's been awesome, dude. This has been really, really good. You got to get the email newsletter going, dude. Oh, I think people I will, would love to hear that, seriously. And then you probably have like a huge email list, or like you probably have like a bunch of people where you can get some emails from at I think uh, that would be really good. I'll sign up yeah. for sure. Cool. <laughs> cool, All man. Right, well, thanks for having me. Yo, yo. All right, guys. That was my interview with Eric. I hope you guys enjoyed that. There's so much gold in there. Um, I definitely took away a lot of things that I'm going to apply in my life as well. So thanks again, guys. Please make sure to share and subscribe and also leave a five-star review. I would love you. Thank you so much again for listening, guys, and I'll see you guys next week. 